It's so interesting that I even wanted to do a podcast because I'm a very like private person and very much like mind your own business. I will fully mind mine kind of girl. But for this, I, I just felt like it was important to talk about it because for so many years, like I was just so tortured by my body that I'm like, if I can get to a place where I'm comfortable with it, like why not discuss it within the parameters that I control? You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. Coming to you live. Live from... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like LA is just floating on its own. A zoo. <laughs> I'm like, does anyone know how weird it gets here? Like what? So this morning I was like, I got to work early and I was down by, I was just kind of, I take a walk sometimes before I teach mm. just because sometimes I don't want to talk to and people. And you listen to Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, man, I couldn't do that. Every and I started time. talking to everyone. Punch the air. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, sometimes I avoid, but sometimes I really want to talk. But I was um, down by kind of like where the benches are and you like look out onto the ocean and I was just sitting on a bench and then I was sitting and I had my eyes closed for what, I wasn't necessarily meditating. I was just chilling. This woman sits next to me, but I don't open my eyes and I just like kind of feel someone next to me. And all of a sudden, like out of fucking nowhere, she goes, okay. I was like, <laughs> I literally jumped out of my body. Dude, that's so LA. And it's annoying because she wanted to scare you. Of course. Ugh. She wanted to scare this girl who was just like taking her moment. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I just, and I think it's funny how my body like knew she was there and I was like, subconsciously prepared for something weird to happen. So I actually, although it feels like I jumped out of my body, I just slightly turned and I just opened my eyes and I was like, Hey, I was like, are you okay? She's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Okay. So I looked down law and order. Mine looks down, makes sure she doesn't have knife or screwdriver. And then uh, slide off that bench. Yeah. I was just like, all right. I just got up as if like it was time for me to go in my own little routine. I was like, I literally dusted off my pants as if I had somewhere to go. Yep. I was like, like, I was like, all right. My time is done here. (laughs) She's like, I'm the one with the dusty pants. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of characters. That's for for damn sure. It's my nervous system is always ready for it. I know. I know. This morning I went on um, a walk with a good friend who I haven't seen in a while and she went through like a pretty serious health issue. Mm. So it was so hard. Like 
we were just like at Runyon, like bawling our eyes out for like an hour and a half. And it was just like so interesting to be older and be like, oh, this happened and I didn't know about it. Mm. And, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. And I'm so thankful that you're supported by the people that are supporting you and the people that are supporting you are the perfect people to supporting you. But it's like, as you get older, you just realize like that you can't be there for everyone. You can't be something for everyone. And like, you just, it's just weird. Cause it is, I felt like, you know, but it's, it's annoying because the humans, we always make it about ourselves. So, you know, I'm very much like feeling for her and it was Mm -hmm. like a time and I was like, just thinking about her husband and everything like that. But then you always kind of think too, you're like, wow, like kind of bummed. I didn't know, you know, until now, but I'm thankful I know now, but it's not about me and it's about their journey and it's not about my reaction to it or my support of it. So it's such an interesting thing because you care so much and you feel so much for them. But then again, you're also like kind of like thinking about your place in it. Totally. You know, it's I think crazy. That's normal. Yeah. I know. I just felt like, but I mean, I'm just so thankful she's like so supported, but it was just crazy. I was like, oh man, I have a headache now thinking about it. Mm. It was really sad. But it's just weird because you get older. Well, I was just thinking too, I'm like, as you get older, we have so many people that are going through so much, you know, like in however many months, two months, this happened. Yeah. You know, we have other friends, like I think of another friend in New York who goes through a lot on a regular basis. She's like growing a lot. You know, she goes through a lot and it's like, dude, in like two months, like so much has happened for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And people process it so differently. So like in that case with your friend, it's like they don't, maybe they don't necessarily talk to it. Nope. talk about it openly nope. or to a lot of people. And so, yeah, I, I like, I see my ego pop up a lot, like even just with, you know, immediate family when something happens and I'm not notified yep. and it's not a huge deal, but it's just like, then my ego is like, well, why didn't I know? Yeah. I could have done something, but like at the same time, everyone thinks about it because in their mind, they're like, well, She's doing her thing. It's not a huge deal. It's not life or death. I'll let her know yeah. later so that it doesn't disrupt her day. And then my ego's like, but no, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. just want to help, I, I guess. I like had that moment, but I was like, and then I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, she was so supported by all the right people. And I'm just mm. so thankful that I'm part of this. But it there was like, I was just thinking, I'm like, I, I thought about myself before and I would be like, And I almost like your gut reaction is to be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sad that I didn't know. And it's like, again, but it's not about you. You know, when people would do that, it's like, I wish I would have known. And you're like, well, it's not about you. You know what I mean? And I like, so I made sure to like consciously never say that and never be like, I wish I would have known, even though I did. But like, it's not really my, you know, it's not about me knowing. Like, why are you more satisfied about knowing? You know what I mean? Yes, There's just, completely. it's just like such an interesting thing, but I'm just like praying for her. But I just was reminded like so many people are going through so many things on a day-to-day basis. It's like so hard to like know when you catch people like where they are, you know? Yeah. Especially health issues. Oh, I man. take for granted every, I mean, I'm, I, I feel so lucky. I don't have anything that is chronic. I don't mm-hmm. have anything that is a daily, daily struggle, but I know a lot of people who do mm-hmm. and it's like how how does that affect like 
not just your health, but like your relationships, mm. your like sense Jordan. of self, a hundred percent. And like, she's, we're talking I mean, about Jordan Young, our balanced blonde. Yeah. So Jordan love has and adore. Um, Lyme's disease and so many things have been happening for her. You know, she met the love of her life. She got engaged, but she's also like fighting for her health every single day. And it's become her job to try and feel good. Mm-hmm. Like just feeling good is, is a real, just yeah. normal struggle for her. And so like, I'm, I'm grateful that she's kind of putting herself out there because I know a lot of people are benefiting from seeing how she is able to on a daily basis cope with it. But I mean, I can't Yeah, imagine. when health stuff happens, you're like, you know, and I just kept thinking of her husband who I adore, mm-hmm. my friend, my friend's dear husband, I adore. I mm-hmm. die for him. I cry thinking about him. And just like men sometimes don't really have you know, an opportunity to process like we do too, you know? So you could ask them like, how are you feeling? Like, what are your thoughts on things? But they oftentimes don't really have the ability to like vocalize how they feel and like move through it or express it. So, you know, I always like think too, I'm like worried. No, I'm not worried about him at all. Like he's totally fine. But I just think of men and I think of him in that situation too, you know, when he's seeing his wife, the person he loves the most Mm. in pain, you know, going through something. It's like, and you can't do anything about it. You know, it's just so hard. You don't, you're not, I don't think you learn that anywhere. How to yeah. kind of deal with that. Yeah, that's true. That's so but hard. she's healthy now. So it was just crazy. Like when we were, we were like walking and like, I was just like something. And it was weird too, because I haven't talked to her in like a month or two since it happened or, you know, it's happened within the two months. And I texted her like four weeks ago and it was a week after it happened. I was just thinking of her one day. It was like Sunday and I was like, oh, I love her so much. I miss her. I wonder, I hope she's doing well. And I just texted her. I was like, I just want you to know I love you so much. Mm-hmm. It was like a few days after she got back from the hospital. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, but crazy, crazy. It was just really sad. And, but that's getting older, you know? I know. I think I I thought about it yesterday. I was like, oh, wow. Like if I'm lucky enough, I'm going to be on this earth for another maybe 50, 60 years. And it's just like so many things are going to happen. So So many many evolutions of myself, my health. The world. Yes. The world relationships. I'm just like, oh, wow. Like if I think about it long enough, it really overwhelms me. I know. (laughs) To think of like, you know, I'm going to lose people. I'm going to get, you know what I mean? It's just like totally. I think about that too. Like I have a good friend who knows so many people. She's like friends with so many people. So she's had a lot of loss because she knows so many people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because you have such a wide net, like you have had a lot of loss. Your family's huge, you know? So it's almost like you have all that love, but then you have more loss sometimes and you have a bigger family because you experience it more because you know more people. Yes. You know, it's hard. Absolutely. Not to be a Debbie Downer. No, not at all. I'm glad she's doing better. Yeah. I'm so glad. So glad, y'all. We're just, you know, at the house. Justin's playing Red Dead. <laughs> get so the so other mad. day I like walked in and it was like his like horse is like little guy and Red Dead. It's like cowboy is the theme. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm braiding my horse's hair. I'm like. On a Red Dead. Yeah. You can like do whatever you want. And like he was braiding his horse's hair the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Everyone else is like raping and pillaging the whole town and Justin's braiding the horse's hair. Literally like you rob, you can kill, 
you can like rape and pillage for like tons of money. And Justin's like wandering around on his horse, like in the fields, like braiding his Are hair. Are you playing with other people? No. No. And so it's just you. It's like an open scene. You can kind of do whatever you want. You had these missions. It's like, do you have to research like how to braid the horse's hair? Or does he just, just know as a boy? Just knows as a boy. Tana, but I guess like, he just no. tried and he could. It's so weird. Isn't that the funniest thing ever? I'm like, dude, you're so funny. I just keep thinking about Justin. Give so we we both had um, our article shipment of furniture, and we had the, oh, this yeah. wonderful team um, of guys put it together. And articles like <laughs> mid-century modern furniture that's pretty affordable. We're working with them, and they're yeah, the best. The best. And I just picture him. I guess he was there oh when your God. delivery got there, and he was like jamming with the guys. He's like, "Oh, hey, here you go," and he like opens up because we both have cabinets. We're so lucky that we get things sent to us. So we, I always like to keep it just to give mm-hmm. to people, you know, Same. like on the regular, you know, give to our listeners and <laughs> he gives them candles. Yeah. So these guys were so at happy. Lindsay's putting the furniture together from article and her furniture looks bomb there. So that's the thing about article. And this isn't an ad spot. It's cheap. It's mid-century modern. It's clean. And they come and put it together at your crib. Yeah. It's so, so like, good. yo, that's like uh, 99% of the selling point for me is putting the furniture together. Mm-hmm. So they put together this like gorgeous table that I'll show you guys pictures of at my house. Yeah. Justin was talking to the guys and I don't know if one of the guys like saw one of the candles was like barbecue scent. And then <laughs> or he was like, here's barbecue. today the guys were at Lindsay's and they were like, I was like, have you guys seen that glass table? It's gorgeous. That's the table I got at my house. And he's like, Oh, he's like, was your husband there? I'm like, yeah, like my boyfriend was there, Justin. And they're like, yeah, we remember him. He's the one that gave us the candles. <laughs> like Justin just goes into my stash and just gives them the candles. I'm like, that's so sweet. That's so cute. Like how? <laughs> he knows where the stash is. He knows is. where the stash is. He's like, here's candles and Kopari and here's some Four Sigmatic coffee and like all the good shit. He's like, here's the, some books. By the end of Halloween night, like it's all gone. Oh yeah. I know when I saw my friend this morning, I brought her like a bag of shit. I was like, yeah, here's tons of shit for you. the best. I know. Oh, I have so man. much stuff. It makes me happy. All right, everyone. Today on the podcast, we have the ladies from She's All Fat, one of our favorite pods. Yeah. It's... They are cool. I love hanging with them. Sophie and April. Mm -hmm. True angels, visionaries. The podcast. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. So smart. So smart. Just really honest and raw. And like, we know that you guys will enjoy, you know, the content that they have to share. Uh, so we wanted to bring them on and have just like an open conversation and dialogue about podcasting, about building their business, about body positivity yep. and self-love. And, you know, they they are so educated, especially in the space of body t- positivity. Yes. Wow, can't speak. But so like, there's just this like chillness to them that is like, we just had a really great conversation that was, I felt kind of went beyond, you know, just two podcasters, podcast teams, like just chatting. Like I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I really learned a lot. Yeah. And for me too, like I want to learn more about every, like I just want to learn more about everyone in the world and like different opinions, different races, different body types, different ethnicities, different political views, different Mm. health views, different wellness views. So having people on that have had like a different experience and relationship to it through a body as me, but I also see parallels in between, you know, 
in between our stories was like really helpful for me. And I just felt like it was so incredible. Yeah. Their experiences um, were really interesting and um, we love them. We had the best time. Um, So we know you'll love She's All Fat, Sophie and April. Um, Enjoy this episode. Join our secret Facebook group if you haven't already. We are rounding out our tour in Vancouver on December 4th and 6th. So if you are in or around Vancouver, come and see us almost30podcast.com slash tour. You can grab your tickets there. Um, We will be doing a fitness event um, with our friend Shara and then more of a spiritual event with Brie Melanson, who was on the podcast. Yeah. And then on our moon, Alex from on our moon. So that's Mm going to be a moon circle, uh, great event in Vancouver. It's going to be awesome. And if you have not already, make sure to sign up for your podcast pro course that we're launching in January. So we are so excited to help you launch market brand, sell your exciting podcast and your vision and dream. Lindsay and I have learned a few things along the way the past two or so years. Uh, So we're happy to help you take on your journey. So to do that, to sign up, go to yourpodcastpro.com. That's Y-O-U-R podcastpro.com. And you can sign up there. And then if you also, if you have a podcast already, or if you want to launch and you want to buy some downloadables, um, you can also get those there too. Like a media kit, podcast pro guide. We have other templates for pitching and stuff like that. So everything you need related to podcasting, you can find at yourpodcastpro.com. We love you all. Have a great week. See you on the other side. So anyways, <laughs> we're so glad you guys are here. Full blown Thank conversation. You so much. Full blown wow. conversation. Um, yeah, this has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Been, uh, fans from afar for a long time. That's so wow. nice. That's so and nice. just like, it's always fun to meet fellow podcasters. Because you get it. Good you know where the plugs go. too. <laughs> you know where the plugs go. Yeah, you got, you got the personality. You know, you know what goes into it. It can be fun, but also it can totally. be exhausting. What's exhausting you know. about it? Um, I think just like because we wanted it to seem professional from the beginning there are like a lot of elements we took on that Mm -hmm. are time consuming like we sell our own ads we like have a community aspect that we manage like we do social media Soph does a good job like figuring out what our brand will look like and my brain just like doesn't work like that at all (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't wrap my mind around it so it's just it's just it's a whole business you know which I don't think I fully understood going into and faking it till we make it with the tech stuff like nothing makes me feel dumber than being faced with like the sound stuff that I don't know how to do yes. and even Googling it and being like, great. So I might as well have not gone to college. I have no idea. Oh I can't even goodness. read this. It makes me <laughs> so, so, so foolish. Your own? No, no. So we God. have a producer now. <laughs> I was like, whoa. We got our wonderful producer. Her name's Maria. <laughs> she, mm. yeah, she lives on the other side of the country. And before we had her, we had a couple other producers, like my boyfriend, like edited a few. He Shout out, out to Victor. Oh, well. Victor is like He's really holding it down. Team SAF. We've been through so much. But in the first season for the first couple episodes, it was a lot of us being like, Okay, um, levels and um, there's a scratchy noise, but yeah. when I turn my head, it sounds high. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> we have no idea. It, it was so sad. Like, I fully went to film school. I should have some grasp, <laughs> and yet, no. And then I would, get, I would get so overwhelmed by it. I would just end up being on the floor, like, how does it even work? Anyways, I'm talking and it's on the computer. How does it happen? <laughs> I still don't totally know, but yeah, shout out to Maria Wirtel, our real, she really does a lot. She's incredible. Because this 
said, I feel like that is the most complicated part of all of it. It can be the most time consuming. For sure. And like emotionally draining. I feel like when you're like trying to get out like little room noises. Yeah. Pause for plane 24 7. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Do you have interns or anything? We, we just do. started getting interns yeah. this summer. Like, we you had guys our first. Could have <laughs> so many. We wanted to make sure because we both had unpaid internships and like we're pretty against the mm-hmm. whole system of like unpaid internships. Yeah, but it's true. hard, right? Because we just paid back all of our startup costs. So we're just now profitable. And like what so what we decided is like we would have interns if they could get paid by their college, yep. which also still does, it's not like a perfect solution, right? Because it still only keeps the pool to people who go to colleges who do that, you know, mm. which isn't like super open mm. to everyone. But that's what we did for fall. We have a wonderful new intern named Kirsten and we had a wonderful uh, summer intern named Lynn and she's kind of still hovering around. Yes. She's the best. She's changed a lot for us. Mm-hmm. It's just been helpful to have more people on the team because for a while it was just me and Soph, then just me and Soph and our like other producers, then just me and Soph and our main producer trying yeah. to do this big thing. And so now it's nice to have interns and be like, can you handle this little thing? I really don't have time to think about. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, this it's is amazing. amazing. Totally. It changes everything. I love you it. feel guilty. Like, then you're yes. more, you have like more space to be yeah, creative, yeah. Absolutely. to think about the show, the content. Doing the content content part is honestly like the smallest amount of time, which is wild because it's the stuff we want to spend the most time on. That's one of our biggest like um, non-specific goals is just to be able to push more of that work off onto other people so we can spend more time focusing on the like creative content of the show. Dude. Excuse me, listeners. We're just going to talk about <laughs> yeah because this is like, I'm literally yeah. like nodding so hard. Yeah, the exactly. inside baseball of podcast. Hey, Ask me about yeah. lips in like <laughs> we're, we're out here. <laughs> I got my bullet points. Rob from Lipson. Oh, it's hell! It's hell. We were kicked off iTunes the other week. What happened? That's a nightmare. Isn't that a fucking nightmare? Everyone just pooped their pants a little bit because it is actually. I was just like, how many downloads? Did we lose? No, that that's horrible. Oh yeah, but then it was. Well, yeah, I'll say in a second. But um, apparently, and our producers didn't know. Our editors, producers didn't know. Um, the like subtitle of the podcast has to be a certain amount of keywords, and if you go over that amount, they just kicked you off. Oh, Maria texted us something about this, yeah. and it I just changed. was like, "Uh huh, nice." Understand the policy it. changed. Whoa! And so I was like, "Because we had every keyword under the fucking sun." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I don't We're know like, about blue this. Eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> California. <laughs> we literally had yeah, it wow. was eight pages Matcha. long. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Can I get that SEO? We had to get that SEO. You gotta get it. And we went a little too hard. That's so and they funny. were like, "You're got, you're done." Wow. I do think Maria texted us something about yeah. that changing, yes, and we both were just alert. like, "Nice, good job." I'm like, like no, no idea. We know it. Yeah, totally <laughs> have no clue. Couldn't tell you. Wow. iTunes doesn't give a fuck. No, they have, no. Whoa. They, it's like no mercy. They're like pink, and wow. they just like flick you off. I think because Whoa. they don't make money. F- from it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they, they host us, they host all this data and information and that's why they can only have a certain amount of your podcasts on there. You can't listen to every single one if you go to the iTunes library because they're, so they're just free hosting all this data and they're not right now making any money from it. So it's like, that's why the analytics are all whack yeah. and like there's not a portal for analytics and you can't see uh, the one thing I'm so grateful for and I think about this maybe once a week is the fact like, you know, with Instagram, it's like Krista Williams, however many followers, I love that iTunes isn't like almost 30 podcasts, this many downloads. Oh yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? At the top, like on YouTube yes. or something. Like that That's makes me true. so happy That's that like stressful. it's not. Like they still have the rankings, but yep. it, you don't really know what's yeah. up no. with that. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have any idea why rankings are where they are. Exactly. No No idea. No idea. The only thing you can really look at is reviews. To see how many, because like, you know, My Favorite Murder has like 50,000 or something. 50,000. So you could be like, okay, you know that that is a lot. Yeah. But but also some people like listen to a podcast and never review. So you you really don't know. You don't know. know. But you know, keep the mystery to myself. Love it. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Wow. Um, So what made you guys start the podcast? Like, how did you guys, I know, actually people ask us this all the time and it's kind of like like, my starts the script? Wow, that's so funny. We like look at each other like who be there. That is true. And then it's like, how long are you going to tell this one? Yeah. And then I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's whoever like leans back doesn't tell. Okay. All right. So (laughs) for the, for the listeners at home, I leaned very far back. Yeah. They basically like fell out of their chairs. I want to hear, I like, I like your version. So it's 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 the same as fucking yours. (laughs) No, yours is is short and sweet. They like the listeners want to know. April and I met on a writing app that failed made by BJ Novak. Um, writing which sounds fake oh, but writing, 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 writing. yes so it was BG called it was, cool. it was called the list app and it was like you would go on and write lists and it was a place where it was like one of those internet places where for some reason there was this really cool community and not enough people had found it to make it garbage yet and so people would go on and they would write lists about like the list would be called like oh 10 um, things my mom said to me this christmas or like the five best ways to like make this dish from my homeland or something. And it was like storytelling through lists kind of. Oh. And then people would just write things that were like, here's what happened to me last night. Are you guys ready? Or whatever. Yeah, you like, know? Kind of like short form, but like very creative. You could do a bunch of different stuff with it. And yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people who were just like interested in reading each other's work and it was fun. And it was for like a second in like it was 2014. Very yeah. <laughs> like wow. for a moment. So we were both on there and we like, both of us have kind of like lifelong friends from it now, which is weird. It was wow. like literally like the internet in like the late 90s, you know, Mm -hmm. like back in the day. And then April posted on there like, oh, I just got a job in LA. I'm moving to LA. And I was like, great, we're going to be friends. And she was like, I'm not sure yet. (laughs) (laughs) And then she moved to LA and then we started hanging out. And then we were both like really into body positivity. And then April was like, listen, we're both trying to like find more ways to do creative output. Do you want to do a podcast together? And I was like, Okay, you seem like you get stuff done. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Totally. So then like we, you post regularly yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It seems like this would be great. And yeah, we both just jumped in. Like I remember we had the idea May twenty fifth, and the next day we just like started hardcore and yeah. like have been going. Made a Google Drive. Yeah, we made a Google Drive. We just like really, really excited to build something that was ours, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Did so, you know it was going to be "She's All Fat"? The name. Um, one of my best friend Lindsay, Lindsay like came up with the name. We were like, the name is so this. money. <laughs> like it's Lindsay good. is great. We I knew I wanted it to be a pun, mm-hmm. um, but I just was struggling with it for so long. Mm. And that was like one of the first things she said. And I remember yeah. having to like mull for a few days, and then it was just like, that it is right. she's all fat. Yeah, <laughs> and she's all fat. It's good because it's it. like it's honestly kind of hard uh, as a title sometimes because some people you say it and you're like, oh my god, that's amazing. And then some people you can see like I can be in spaces where I'm uncomfortable saying the name because totally. I don't want to have to explain. Like, actually, I don't hate myself, so it's fine. They're like, oh, you want to be called? Oh, that's okay. Interesting. That that was my mom's reaction. She was like, so you're going to call yourself fat in public? Got it. Cool. I'm like, mom, it's okay now. She's like, eye roll. Forever eye roll. But like, you know, it gets gets to the point. Mom vibes. Yeah, mom Mom vibes. vibes. She's not into it. (laughs) Totally. But here we are. My mom does the... (sighs) 
Uh-huh. <laughs> it's an eye roll oh and it's, it's a breath. I wish my mother would be subtle. Oh my She's like, subtle. get married, lose oh weight. Oh my God. <laughs> She's Dude, not subtle, but honestly. I love it. My mom's pretty into it. She's been our number one largest supporter on Patreon yes. since day one. Since oh. day one. And she's oh. still, that's just oh my God. She's incredible. She's I always texting her. me like, I can't access the content. You have to show me. <laughs> okay. So sweet. I'll help you. She can't yeah. figure out how to listen except for in the car because it automatically yep. connects to her phone. Yep. So she's like two seasons behind. Poor thing. But she's working on it. Yes. <laughs> she's wow. great. My mom just started listening. It's My mom listens that's to cool. the most random ones. I know. And then my dad listens to most of them except for the ones about crystals and sex. Mm. <laughs> nice. My dad still thinks it's a blog. No. He's like, how's your blog? I do oh have a goodness. blog, but I'm like, it's not that really what I'm doing. No, my dad asked me, like, how is it transmitted? I was like, how would I answer that? <laughs> Like, he, like, doesn't understand. I was like, oh, it's like a radio show. And he's like, if it's a radio show, how is it transmitted? I'm like, what? He's, he's like, like station. I'm, I'm like, moving to Mars. What? Like, it's just the way his brain works is so opposite. But no, my mom, like, will oh. listen to every episode, but she just has some thoughts about, Does know. she tell you? Oh, yeah. Um, she's very, like, what upfront. That, what has that been, like, kind of sharing so openly from the get-go? As far as, like, with our listeners or, like, with our oh. parents? <laughs> I think, yeah. like, first friends and family and then okay. listeners. I mean, with me, it's so interesting that I even wanted to do a podcast because I'm a very, like, private person and very much, like, mind your own business. I will fully mind mine kind of girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for this, I, I just felt like it was important to talk about it because for so many years, like, I was just so tortured by my body that mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can get to a place where I'm comfortable with it, like, why not discuss it within the parameters that I control? Like, there's certain things that we don't talk about and there's certain things that, like, we edit out if we, like, feel like we share too much. Yes. So I'm like, I'm willing to share within a controlled environment. You know, my most said statement us. on the podcast is Maria, cut that out. <laughs> like, Shut I said that wrong. Maria, true. let me say that again. Very true. You know, we get to control how it comes out, yeah. but we also get to be as open as we want. I think mm-hmm. that's the perfect right. fit. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you're just with your friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm just, it's like, doesn't feel like people are always like, oh, how do you share all of that? You know, I'm like, I'm just I'm in my friend's house. Literally. Yeah. Just chilling. We're at chilling. our friend's house. So sometimes yeah. it's like, ugh. Yeah. But family, my mom just started listening and it's been like a few conversations. Really? Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. My mom is very supportive. I'm pretty lucky. Both my parents are. And honestly, it's been funny. Like most of my friends, I would say, are actually thin or straight size. And all of them kind of saw like saw me along the journey of going mm. from like really hating myself, really trying to diet like 24-7, trying to support me in that. Mm. And then along the path to when I was like, actually, I think I'm going to do this. They're like, okay. And so now like, most of my close friends, I mean, all my close friends are like very supportive and on board with everything. And sometimes we'll, especially if it's thin girls who have never like practiced being an ally in this specific Mm. way, they'll sometimes like flounder a little bit in real life situations, but then they'll be like, okay, next time I'll blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like I know what to do. So I feel like pretty much everyone has been very, I don't, I've never had someone be like, I can't support you. <laughs> no. Because it's also like, if you don't support it, you just won't listen you to my hour-long do it. podcast. Right. Like, no. Yeah. It's been it's been nice to hear from people. And even with my mom, my mom like wishes I would lose weight, but she's also excited that I've got to a place where I'm like comfortable with myself and yeah. build something from the ground up. And so it's, it's been nice to feel supported. Yes. Whenever I like correct my mom about something, she'll just be like, okay, well, you have to be patient with me. I'm listening to this very radical podcast. <laughs> I'm really like so smart. Yeah. She's so She's funny. <laughs> it's very oh true. God. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, what has like been um, each of your kind of relationships in the journey with your bodies? 
Well, for me, I grew up in a household where we were always on a diet together. So I had like wow. a single mom, I have older sisters. And then at some point my grandma joined us and it was always kind of like we were, it was like a like family activity. Like we're going to go to the mall and then we're all <laughs> going to be on a diet together, um, which is not the best environment to grow up in. And it's also was kind of complicated because so my parents are immigrants. They're from Liberia. So like the ideal standard of beauty that my mom was trying to get me to fit is not the same as the American one. Like she never wanted me to be like a size mm. two. She just wanted me to be like, you know, Beyonce, but slightly thicker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, I was aspiring to like very specific type of body that my body naturally was not. And like everybody in my family is pretty much around my same size, but like trying to get smaller. So it was just complicated. And from my mom, it was, it was like never from a place of trying to harm me. It was always from a place of like, she wanted me to like, get married so that I could live a better life than she did to mm-hmm. like somebody writ like that was literally just it and that was like why she came to this country is because she wanted me to have a better life and she feels like part of that would be able to like be a- be able to marry up and have a different life yeah. so to me she's just like well how are you going to marry up if you're not hot and I'm like oh well <laughs> I mean good point Mom, but just bring in the yeah, heat. Really. I'm like fair but like it's not going to work out so you're for like, me Mom, we're in the digital age <laughs> she's like I don't I don't compare I'm like okay so um, yeah I was pretty much just doing that like trying to diet until I got to college and it was like a combination of not having time to be on a diet because I was so busy and also just like getting frustrated. I was like, I've tried everything. We were on Atkins when I was five. Like I've been on every diet and it never worked ever. Like I I genuinely gave it a good college try and I was like, what if I just didn't? (laughs) What if I didn't? And I also was getting into like feminism at the Mm -hmm. time and I was like a sociology double major for a while and so I got to like learn about so body positivity. Northwestern. Yeah. So I got to think about it like in a critical, like academic sense. And then it just kind of like made sense to me. I was like, oh, this is the fucking patriarchy. <laughs> like, oh, this is just like another tool being used to get me to spend my time mm-hmm. on this instead of spending my time on the other like radical things that I could be spending my time on. So to me, that was really liberating, but it was also like such a privilege to go somewhere away from my environment where I just kind of got to like think for four years and then I came out different, you know? Wow. So that was the beginning of the journey for me. You know, what's interesting with the parents thing too, is I've been thinking about that, like how a lot of parents, you know, they want better for their kids so much that they will put themselves in pain and they will make themselves struggle and they will make themselves happy, but they don't end up doing better for their kids because the kids see them being in pain and they see them being unhappy. And if they realize that they are doing that for them, then they're the reason for their pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like a very interesting thing that is often, you know, has very good intentions for you to want to work all day and all night for your kids or, you know, be on a diet for your kids or have a lot of money for your kids. But it's like, if it's, you're doing it in pain, then the kids associate you, them doing that with them, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's for them. So it's like a very interesting thing that I've been thinking about lately, Mm -hmm. like with your mom, it's like, she wants you to be And my mom, you know, in different ways had like a same sentiment. You know, she never, that was her number one thing. She never wanted me to be heavy or fat or anything like that because she felt like she always was. Mm. So there was always like that sort of pressure was like in good intention. She, She had an experience that made her feel like she didn't want me to be a certain type of way. But then it's like, it becomes very painful for you because you're taking a lot of that on. So that was just something I was thinking about where you were talking about that. And then when in college, did you like become woke or were you like angry almost? Because I think sometimes Mm. when you get all this knowledge, you like 
almost become a little angry Mm because you like realize everything that's going on. Oh, absolutely. I so had that like obnoxious college phase where I'm just like, you know what? The man and you know what else? Totally. (laughs) The government. (laughs) (laughs) I just got really upset. I mean, I think the truth is, is that I was always angry, but I didn't really uh, acknowledge it or had a way to like express it or unleash it. And then when I got to that place where I kind of just had four years to like think and understand what was going inside of me, it all just came out. And yeah, I got very angry for like most of college. And then I was like, you know, mellowed out by the end of it but I think the anger was productive because it was a way for me to sort of acknowledge like all this stuff inside of me I was like I always felt like things were more challenging for me but I couldn't put my finger on it and now it's like oh yeah I'm marginalized in a bunch of different ways I'm like fat grew up poor I you know my parents are immigrants and I didn't have a way to like unpack that until I was able to get educated Mm. and then it just turned into like fury yeah I was like angry protesting like 24 7 (laughs) I was like there's nothing to protest today you're like I'm like I'm not taking a day off (laughs) you know what and the trees as well (laughs) I was just like pissed yeah like you're like I'll find something (laughs) yeah exactly sociology I was a sociology uh minor it's Mm. the best yeah I switched to minor at the end because I found out I had to take stats I was like no No. (laughs) I'm not gonna no yeah, numbers are not my jam. At all. <laughs> I tried um, to do stats twice. And then I why? did a logic class instead. Yeah. And I had my friend do it like with me. Exactly. So with I, you. I, yeah. <laughs> he helped me a lot with it. Yeah. Like, mm, I don't know how to do this. I wanted to ask you about your experience with dieting too. Like, was it a way that you guys would all, like your family would come together? You know, because it was your sisters and your mom and your grandmother at the house. Like, like your association with dieting and your body, like, was it an, it, it's kind of a negative control thing and it's mm-hmm. something that's like pressed on you and it's um, othering your body and probably making you feel like, you know, I have to change. But did you almost see it in a way that it was a like camaraderie with your sisters and stuff? Oh, like, absolutely. So that- we would bond because it's like a collective effort thing. Like it's mm-hmm. the same as families who like run marathons together. It was the kind of same mindset where it's like, we're going to choose something and we would have little goals for each other. Like when we lose this amount of weight as a family, we're going to do this or whatever. And so, I mean, it was... A- was bonding but it was also like not healthy totally in the long run but it yeah. was very like i didn't realize that that was odd and to like remove myself from the environment because it was just so the norm for as far back as i can remember but yeah there's definitely a bonding element to it just because it's like first of all we all live in the same society so we all are under the same pressure we're all like a household of women and we're all doing the same thing so it's like yeah yeah let's, let's you know Go on a walk. Nobody wants to go on tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's pop in that lean cuisine. No yeah. one oh my God. Wow. Lean cuisine. I mean, there's oh, so much. Hundred. Wow. There's so much. A billion lean cuisines. <sighs> what yeah. about you, Sov? Well, mine, I feel like my relationship with my body has always been like tied up in either medical stuff or disordered stuff. My mm. mom, like never, my mom and I have a very different body type. Like I'm built like my dad basically. And my mom and sister are built like each other. And so like my mom just didn't like, she took me to the doctor or we found a sheet in my like medical files when I was going through them um, a couple months ago where it was like, I was five and we went to the doctor and the doctor wrote on it too fat, less cake at five. And my mom was wow. like, my mom was like, Oh yeah, I remember this. Like, and keep in mind my mom, because I was her oldest child. She wanted to do when you're, it's your oldest child. Like the story is often you want to do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. So like I hadn't even eaten chocolate until I was like three and a half. Like she didn't let me watch Disney movies until I was like, went to pre pre K and then came home pissed that she hadn't let me see an aerial, <laughs> you know? So like, you know, it's not like <laughs> she was being, you know, not conscientious about what I was eating. And just ever since then, it was like, I was always at the top of the like doctor's weight charts. And then I was on diet since I was like eight and she was always doing it 
because like she'd be like, okay, the doctor says we should do this. So I guess mm. let's do this. But in retrospect, it's like the doctors recommended like Jenny Craig and other like meal replacement things that are like not healthy in All themselves, processed. like mm. dieting aside, not healthy foods, you know? Yeah. And then I also like had some kind of, uh, you know, I had like emotional eating and disordered eating stuff going on in like my teenage years. And then it, yeah, my weight just like bounced up and then back down. I was like constantly trying to be thin and my mom's weight never really fluctuated that much. And so it made me, and she was like never super pressury about anything. She just like wanted me to be healthy, like wanted me to listen to what the doctor was saying or whatever. And it was very, what it ended up doing is making me feel like there was something wrong with me mm. because my body wasn't reacting in mm. the way I thought it was supposed to, to things where I would fight and fight and fight and fight to get my weight down. And then if I ate one extra thing, it would like, like immediately I would like gain five pounds or something. Like I've gained and lost, I've maybe gained and lost a total of like 400 pounds over my life. Like over, you know, mm -hmm. it's like lose 50 pounds, gain 60 pounds, lose 60 pounds, gain 70 pounds, like over wow. and over and over and over. Um, and then in college, I did a bunch of other things to, that were kind of dangerous to try to lose weight that were like encouraged by like the people around me because being thin was seen as the ultimate health, even though, it's not the only, it's not a good marker of health. Weight is not a good marker of health. So for example, I went to college in the Bay Area. I went into San Francisco twice for a period of six months and got pregnancy hormones injected and ate 400 calories a day. And that lost a lot of weight. And that was at a med spa. And people were like, oh my God, you look great. Meanwhile, like I go off of it and immediately like gain a bunch of weight. Wow. Of course. Because how like could you not, sustain that? That's not, hormones. you have to it's, eat more food. It's like HCG something, something. Oh, it was yeah, like yeah, a, whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole thing. And I even remember going into the office and the lady at the front being like, this is my third time on the diet. This time I'm going to do it. And I was in my head, I was like still in the spot where I was like, I'll do it better than her. Totally. My reaction wasn't like, wait, this is bullshit. It was like, <laughs> she's not trying hard enough. Totally. You know? And then senior year, I like had uh, uh, some stuff happen. And then I had like an intense bout of depression. And I went on antidepressants for the first time in my life. And I was very depressed. And I gained like 60 pounds in three months from the medication and from being depressed. Wow. And I was like, I went back to the doctors, like, what's happening? They were like, uh, medication doesn't do this. Medication always does that, by the way. <laughs> like, it does do that. But um, I just kind of decided, like, if I focus on this right now, if I allow myself to be disordered about this in the way I have in the past, if I make this my primary focus right now, I'm going to die. Like, mm. I can't do this right now. I have mm. to focus on getting out of bed, <laughs> like, trying to exercise to get literal endorphins. Yeah. I have to go to class. So I graduate. I cannot focus on this right now. And just by putting it out of my head, like it was the first time in my whole life that I managed to go days without thinking every other second about my body and hiding my body. What was I going to eat for dinner that night? Well, how many, how few calories could I get away with that night? How could I make sure I exercise the next day? How could I try to, you know, how can I prove to everyone around me that I'm eating in a, in a way that'll make me lose weight? How can I show I'm being good? And because I told myself, you can't think about this right now, you have to survive. It was like wild at the end of two months, like when I was coming out of the depression after like a year later and being like, wow, like, it was actually, I, I didn't have to think, like I was still fine not thinking about it. It was like such a realization just of like, oh, my life didn't get worse when I stopped thinking about it. Like my life got better mm. and maybe I don't have to think about this all the time. And like maybe I can actually focus on my health, which is different from focusing on my weight. And maybe I can not spend every moment 
deciding if I'm allowed to do something because of my body or deciding if I'm good enough to do something because if I've eaten the right you know, amount of things. And that was really the start of when I started looking into stuff is, was when I like literally had a crisis that like forced me to stop thinking about it. And then I was like, wait, how far could I go with this? Could I feel good about myself? (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, it kind of went from there, but it wasn't, it literally wasn't until then that I saw a different way and I was forced into it. So I try to be like, it's hard now that I'm here in this spot. And I'm like, wow, this is so much better. Like this is unbelievably better way (laughs) to live. I try to be like understanding of people who are not there yet because it took so long Mm, for me to get there and it like wasn't available and it wasn't apparent to me at the time. And like, I didn't even have huge parental pressure. I had like world pressure, self pressure, doctor pressure. And then it also like, it was realizing that perhaps there could be things going on with my body that didn't have to do with me causing myself to be fat, therefore I'm bad or something. And it's only after I realized that, that I actually was able to go to the doctor and advocate for myself and get like a bunch of diagnoses of stuff that was going on with my body. And so now I'm both like happy being fat and much healthier than even Mm -hmm. when I was thin, when I was like, you know, quote unquote, that I've never been like thin as an adult. But even when I was at my thinnest, when I was like cold and shaking all the time, when I was like, you know, felt wrong when I was eating like broccoli and chicken for dinner five nights in a row and like still thinking I wasn't doing well enough or whatever. Um, And now I'm actually like learning about, okay, how do you tell what your body wants to eat? How do you tell what, um, like I work with a nutritionist to find out what things are like set my body sensitive to. I have, uh, several times had to like print out studies and go into doctors to be like, I have this, this is not caused by my being fat. Look at this study. Look, you're a doctor. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. And now that I've gotten more diagnoses and I've seen how with the right diagnoses and the right medication, my body feels so much better. I have a more of a sense of like, I'm, I'm in control of me and I can trust me. Yeah. And I'm still like on a long journey towards that. Like stuff happens all the time that like going to the doctor can be traumatic or like trying to deal with this stuff can be traumatic. But I'm just overall like I now trust myself a lot more to take care of myself in a way that I didn't before when I felt like my body was something I had to just like constantly try to whip into shape that would never be under control. So yeah, that's my journey. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, we grow up with a lot of different opinions and eyes on us and people telling us what to do because we're young and we're still learning and growing. And that can just like rid of, rid us of the um, sense that we have the power to really like be in our bodies and love our bodies for what they are and actually listen to what they have to say. Yeah. You know, cause I'm sure like all of our bodies at any point in time are giving us information and messages like, no, I don't like that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like I love just when you like take a slow walk instead of fucking pound the pavement. You know what I mean? Like just like listening to your body. So it's like taking back that power. And it's, it's amazing that now you both have a platform to kind of empower other women to do that, you know, even earlier on. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. It can be so that can be one of the main frustrating things when you see pushback about, you know, anytime anyone fat, mostly fat women or fat non-binary people post pictures of themselves online, the comments are always like, but you're, you're not healthy, but you're glamorizing unhealthy, but you're not healthy. It's always like, okay, number one, 
You cannot tell someone's health by looking at them. I'm so sorry, but you cannot. Do you know how many <laughs> skinny bitches I know who are fucking doing yes. coke all the time? And don't like, drink yeah. water. You know, drink yeah. water. Yeah. You cannot tell health by looking at someone. At Number all. two, health is not a moral quality. No. <laughs> I mm. get to be happy despite what you think of my health. And you don't owe it to people. People are like, well, how dare you show a photo of yourself when you're not healthy? I'm like, you don't need to know that. I don't owe you anything. You don't know what I've been through with my health and where I'm going. It pisses people off when you stand in something yeah, that like if you stand in something that is by society you should be ashamed of. Yeah, yeah. it pisses people off. They get so mad because and they like, are like afraid. They're like, "What if I was to exactly. stand in something that I feel ashamed of? That is fucking scary." Right. Exactly. Or they say like, "Oh, my tax are I'm like, "Really? You're paying for my insurance, honey? You're not paying enough. It's very expensive." Exactly. <laughs> like, I pay for a lot yeah. of my. You know what I mean? It's just like, and also like, I'll turn in my food diary when you turn in yours, yeah. dude. You know, to be honest. Dude, the trolls on the internet. It's I'm awful. Like- also, also, and on top of that, it's not just health that, you know, is automatically equated with weight, but also people equate because people see weight as something like so many people still think it's just calories in, calories out. And that is simply not the case. Mm-hmm. For many people, if you have never had issues with your body, if you don't have any complications, I'm sure you can gain and lose 15 pounds through, you know, some sort of diet. A lot of people, that's not the case, nope. you know? And your bodies are so different. Have you ever gone on a diet with a guy and you, the guy loses 30 pounds and you lose one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so for the, the same exact thing? Yeah. And so people equip, like equate dieting or being able to lose weight with like moral strength, moral fiber, moral character. And that's part mm. of why it's so hard. You know, you can't have it both ways. You can't both call people fat as an insult and say like, it's fine. Like love yourself, love your body. You have to commit to the idea that skinny and fat are neutral descriptors. Bodies are the way that they are. And you can't continue to use fat as a negative trait. People like to, especially on the left right now, people like to use fat as a way to describe like moral laziness or moral turpitude or like, you know, greed or something like that. Especially like people call Donald Trump fat all the time. I'm like, Mm. sure. Is that why he's bad? Is that the worst thing about him or like Kim totally. Jong-un they'll be like that fat little I'm like he the worst thing about him is not that he's chubby so, and also what you're, he's a dictator yeah. <laughs> like, hello? and what you're telling me then is that you think I have something in common with him mm. I do I is that what you think of me mm-hmm. you think that's what that says about and then they'll be like well not you and I'm like do you hear yourself yeah and they're like well you should you should just accept that this is how I want to make fun of Trump but it doesn't have anything to do with you it's like no it like, does though you were throwing does. so many fat people under the bus just for like your own joke when you yeah. can just make another joke totally <laughs> you know what I mean you're so, asking us to sacrifice and so much that is like cheap yeah it's yeah. just like, that's like the funniest thing you have to say yeah, yeah, yeah like I really feel like that it's <laughs> like, like in comedy spaces I'm like think a little harder literally. <laughs> it's yeah. like Trump is like a treasure trove yeah there's so many things shit to say Truly. Exactly. So it's just kind of like a tweet joke. Yeah. Lazy. We're lazy. It's very exactly. lazy. You're like, <laughs> yeah. So for you guys like standing in, like has this been like for you like therapeutic to kind of talk about it with other women, kind of be a voice for other women or what has that felt like? You know what? That's an interesting question. I don't think anyone's ever asked us that. Yeah. Has it been hey, therapeutic? New question. Wow. Wow. Almost 30. New question. Has it been therapeutic? I think it's 
It's definitely bolstered the things that I work on in therapy. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Like, it definitely helps me kind of live my interior values out loud that Mm. I I talk about them with April. And then those conversations that feel private, I do always forget people are listening to them. (laughs) It's very bizarre. I'm sure you've experienced, you like say something in passing Uh, a year and a year later, someone's like, and remember when you said, I "Mm." I was like, I do not. (laughs) I don't know why you would know that. People need to know that my opinion will change next week. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I do think it has like, it has helped me face some of the fears I still have or Mm. some of the self-judgment I still have to just be like, yep, this is where I'm planting my feet. This is my thing. And I'm talking about it. And like, if you don't like me because of it, that is your problem. And like, Mm. I do not have to hide what I'm doing from you, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's very complicated because there are days when we like obviously have an episode all about body positivity that I don't feel like that positive about my body. Sometimes April will show up and we'll be like, it's one of those days, right? It's one of those days. (laughs) Like it's not people think that you like decide your body positive and then you never have another negative thought. And I'm like, no, I live in the world and like I walk down the street and people stare at me and like sometimes that makes me feel bad. Like it's just the reality, but I still have to do the show. And so I think that that is like an interesting practice and just sort of like, being able to hold on to your values while not being able to apply them to yourself, which is something mm-hmm. that I kind of have to do quite often, to be honest. But yeah, I would say that it is therapeutic, but also we are pro-therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Professional therapy. Yes. We love it. Yeah. Do you guys uh, do therapy? Oh, yes. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. Weekly or... I so <laughs> I am like in the process of getting a new one because I got hashtag new insurance. Yeah. But um yeah, when I'm going, I'll go like every week or every other week. Okay. Yeah, I think it's important. And I did not grow up in like a therapy household, but that was one of those things when I like moved out here and had a real job and can afford it. I was like, you know what, girlfriend, it's time. It's time. Let's spend it's some time like on a you. Spa day. Yeah, like, literally. Let's let's spend some time on you. And I was very against it earlier in life just because I like didn't want to deal with my stuff. And like mm. I think that you're not ready until you're ready. And then one day I was ready. And I got a therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd go twice a week if I could afford it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. I had a therapist when I first moved here who was very helpful with like kind of day-to-day stuff. But then when I was getting more and more into body positivity, I kind of had to like explain it to her. And she was supportive, but I really wanted someone who was like more familiar with stuff, you know? Um, and so I really like, yeah, I just started with a new therapist and I like her a lot. And so far... Like she seems very mm. good and supportive and understanding of stuff. So it's important, especially in times like these. Yes. Gotta unpack. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. I agree. <laughs> now, April, you are a writer. I am. So like TV? Film? TV, TV, yeah. Right? So just like kind of talking about like seeing yourself, ourselves, everyone, diversity in on TV. Mm-hmm. What has that experience been like as a writer? Like, have you like kind of made it a part of your mission as a writer to kind of see more of like bigger women and women of color and just across the board? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen it on TV a little bit, but I just am curious from your side of it. Yeah. in, In my like personal writing, like the scripts that I write, on my own time Mm -hmm. for my own purposes. Like I pretty much exclusively write about fat black women. That's kind of like what I, that's my expertise, if you will. And that's like what, where I'm really passionate about it. Cause I think representation Mm -hmm. is so important, but like working on other people's shows, you can see that uh, it's not a priority. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it's really interesting because if you just watch the news, you'd be like, Hollywood is changing and getting so much more diverse and it's so much more inclusive. But when you work here, like there is so much pushback and it literally 
if you don't work with a showrunner who prioritizes and really values seeing people with different types of bodies on screen and behind the camera, then mm-hmm. it just like doesn't happen. And there's only so much you can do from like a low level writer or assistant sort of um, arena. So there have been times when I've had to like fight against certain jokes and like you can only fight so far because you only have so much control. And there have been times when I've worked with showrunners and producers who really care about it and like value my voice and want the show to be diverse. And it's just like the best experience. But I've had those less often than, mm. you know, the former. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. And so I like continue to push and keep working. And it's really challenging and uh, soul crushing often, as writers always say. But I would love to get to a place one day where I can make my own stuff. And like it would be incredibly diverse, but it's always just like it, it's hard because people look to like black people in the inter, in the entertainment industry or like anybody who's marginalized for answers. When the reality is like everybody in charge is a white guy until he like his stuff gets exposed and then he gets replaced with like a woman and they don't care. So it's not going to change until they all get replaced. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. the answer. That's, That's how I feel about with government right now. I'm like, yeah. I, I will, will vote and I will have my opinion and I feel strongly about things, but I it's almost like we just need to clear it out, you know, like, because it's like all the white men are just like voting in the white men again. So it's like, we just have this like class. Chuck Grassley has literally been in office since like 78 or something like that. Oh my God. Dusty. Chuck Grassley, he's he's a bad, he's bad. He's a bad. I'm going to take a strong stance and say he's a bad. He's a bad. I mean, it's just very like, it hits you hard when people now that with all that's happening politically, they will show clips of the Anita Hill hearing again. And it's like, all those guys are still there. They're still there. They're just older. They just have gray hair and loose skin. But it's the same guy. (laughs) It's the same guy. (laughs) That happened before I was born. Like, where do you guys go uh, for your information? Like, where do you guys go to stay educated and stay like on everything? On all the bad stuff? Culture, political, like... Mm. I follow a lot of reporters on Twitter. I try to like make a balance rate right? because I don't mm. want Twitter to be like an immediate hellscape when I open it. Yeah, you know sure. I mean? That's very important. Um, but I mostly follow, I follow mostly women or non-binary people mm. on Twitter. Um, I follow a few men. And if I do follow them, usually they are like men of color or black men or queer men. Um, I follow like reporters who have specific beats that often tends to mm. be very helpful. So like mm. if you find people who are like, okay, I follow people who are like political reporter focusing on education justice or something. And then that tends to be a way that I learned both deeply about one thing and then they also like retweet stuff that they just find important or Mm. whatever. I do not find it helpful to follow like CNN people. You know what I mean? Like the people who are doing the very, who are like, if you're trying to report on everything, like it's overwhelming and you're not going to hear anything. Just like every horrible headline. Yeah. Like my boyfriend for a while had um, Maggie Haberman, who is like one of the New York times big like politics reporters, her like tweets and retweets pushed to his phone because he's just like a news junkie. And it was just like ping, 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 ping. It's like he can handle that kind of info. And I just Mm. like cannot. So I follow a lot of, um, yeah, like specific reporters that help. It helps to read a lot and then be like, Oh, I liked this writer. I like the way that they talked about this. Mm. You like, for example, if you're looking for a place to start, you can usually go to a place like longform.com. They have like really interesting long form articles about topics you can be interested in. And then within those articles, you'll be like, okay, this was probably written by three people. This piece of reporting about, uh, for example, like um, the school system or like the way that um, charter schools are working out in Arizona or something like that. Okay. So then I look at the author and then I look at the stuff that they researched in there. And like that's, and then that's how you follow people who like, are going to tell you information you're interested about. But yeah, I follow a lot of like experts, I would say in specific mm-hmm. things. And then I also follow a lot of people for when I like, like I follow people who post a lot of like plants 
and to dogs. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. Man, you gotta break you up. Gotta it up. Make yeah. break up the trash well, literally <laughs> with the dog. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta do what we gotta do to get through. <laughs> and activists, I follow a lot of yeah. activists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's a good activist to follow? Okay, for for one thing, uh, I'll have to like look up. I can send you a list of like the exact yeah. names. But right now, I've noticed um, I'm following a lot of Native and Indigenous activists on we've Twitter. Been, yeah, we've been hearing a lot about that lately. Who have been talking? You know, I've and I followed them for a while. I can't remember the at off the top of my head and I don't want to get it wrong. But basically, especially because like, you know, this week is, you know, Columbus Day, quote unquote, or like Indigenous Peoples Day. um, And thinking a lot more about how even the way that we talk about the country oftentimes just takes as an assumption that we belong and own and, you know, everything. Not that I, like, I don't really think there's a way to fix it at this point, but I'm like, there's ways that we should be taking into account stuff that did happen three to 400 years ago. And like, we, you know, listen to different voices and be like, okay, just because we fucked this up doesn't mean I think we should like, just be like, oh, well, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it can really help to like, listen to those views. It's, it can be hard sometimes because a lot of them will be like, I hate white people just like straight out. And you're like, I, I it hurts, yeah. but like, I get it. Yeah. You're like, you me know, too. <laughs> so it's like, you know, um, following accounts that feel like a little bit, uh, like they push at my own defensiveness can be very helpful for me to be like, okay, that's fine. They're like, I understand why they're saying that. And let me read it and then be like, all right, I still feel fine. Did I hit something? Oh, no, hit this. So sorry. It's like, I, a percussion for that. Yeah. 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 Um, a little emphasis. But I, yeah. You know, the same way that like, if a man, if I tweet like, I hate men and a man's like, Hey, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear what you, you know what I mean? Like exactly. I live with a man. I like men. Leave me alone. Yes. Like, let me say I hate men. You know what I mean? But it can be very useful. I find for like the defensiveness that is hard to get rid of when you are white to follow a lot of those voices and be like, huh, I need to like, uh, elevate these voices that are saying things that like I would never have the education or identity to be able to say on my own. Mm. So yeah, I follow a lot of indigenous activists. I also follow a lot of uh, disabled activists. We talk about access to spaces. That's another thing. I have invisible disabilities, like health disabilities and mm. like mental health disabilities, but I don't have uh, super visible ones except for like access in terms of like seat width or something mm-hmm. like that. That mm-hmm. can be very helpful to learn about things that I'm not going to see or notice when I necessarily walk in a space. Um, and then obviously I follow a lot of like, I follow like Black Lives Matter organizing people or like Me Too or like uh, Flint Water organizing mm-hmm. people, that kind of thing. Yeah, I you. find that going through activists has been the most helpful to me because it's like, especially at a time like this, I don't want my news to be presented in like a neutral way. So I kind of want an mm. activist to already be presenting it critically so I know where to like start the thought process. Mm-hmm. So of course, we'll send you our list afterwards. But the first person that comes to mind is Brittany Packett. She was somebody oh, yeah. who was like first um involved in like the Ferguson protest and then became like an activist and an educator afterwards and I just think she's so smart and able to sort of like distill all the badness into like an easy to comprehend mm-hmm. like little nugget which I appreciate and then also you asked about culture for me like I love the podcast still processing like they mm-hmm. will take one mm-hmm. small topic so like most recently what did they do an episode about oh like Lauren Hill like they'll just pick something from like popular culture or the news and like really critique it and examine it in a close lens and it's like funny but of course it always ties back into like what's happening what's happening currently and I just think they're really cool and smart what else as far as culture I mean and by the way like there's no news outlet that has not like 
betrayed me yeah. as far as no. like you know, specific whether, publication. Yeah, whether it's like our my body positive stance or whatever, like nobody gets it right a hundred percent of the time. But I try to consume a lot of just like critical liberal news outlets as much mm. as I can. Um yeah, I just feel like I'm in this time I'm currently like taking a mm. lot of content in. Like I feel like I'm consuming a lot. Almost too much, I would say. <laughs> But in order to like stay informed, I'm kind of like have to be on 24-7. Yeah. Even on yeah. Instagram, there's a lot of accounts that are specific, activist accounts. Like there's even accounts that are specifically made for white people to go and like learn about how to de- What's like, what's the right word? It's not like decolonize. decolonize Maybe your like, mind. but yeah. I don't know if you can do it to your own mind. I don't know what the words <laughs> but I are heard that they phrase, use. But I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah. But there's places you can, accounts you can follow to go to to be like, okay, well, today we'll think about this or like whatever. And oh. people in the comments will be like, okay, I'm struggling with this or like, I'm struggling oh, with that. Oh, that's so beautiful. Which is really cool, I think. And there, it's, it's funny because when you start following them, then you see like how many of their accounts get reported or whatever, or like how many other images that are just like them being like, I love myself and I love my blackness. And then the next day they're like cool so that was taken down because someone reported it <laughs> like it's wild yeah so i don't know it's like a balance right of being like how much can i take in i have to only take in as much mm-hmm. as i can digest mm-hmm. at one time or else it's like too overwhelming because i don't want to shut down i want to remain open and i also want to take action in different ways you know so i like try to but just like I think on our last episode or two episodes ago I like listed out what places I was vol- or donating to um, like this month, I try to like switch that up and I try to like support Patreon is a great place where you can find people who mm. are like doing really good work yeah. who don't necessarily have like institutional support. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. We try to consume a lot, but sometimes mm. you do have to take a break and like have watch to. Real Housewives for you like four hours. To, or you'll yeah. lose it. I'm like, I need, that's like how, what keeps me going. I need my Housewives. I need my like pop culture. Yeah. Like gotta garbage. Watch your garbage. I need my trash. Yeah. Or I'll fully lose it. I was like yeah. last night at the end of the day, we had like a long day. I was like, I'm going to watch this Shane Dawson. Oh Jake my Paul God. Thing. Don't get me started. Literally. I was like, I'm going to watch this Shane Dawson oh my Jake Paul oh shit. Did you, watch, did you get to the part like, where he's just like, uh, she just taught me how to like love and that's oh, like really Erica? sick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I'm so yeah. in it. You don't I even actually, know. Dude, you're in it. I actually couldn't because I watched, so of course, I watched the hate one. Um, Wait, which one? It which was part like are you people on? that hate Jake Paul. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that juicy. No, it wasn't that juicy. People, I was like, people I are in the people. comments. They're like, where's the tea? Yo, where is it. the tea? It's coming, I was though. like, there's no tea. I was like, this is very long it's and there's coming. no tea. <laughs> Wait till like part seven. It's okay. going to go down. And Shane is always like... <gasps> Yeah, yeah, he's so oh much of so. But I'm I'm into I love yeah, like the YouTube personalities. I just think that's like so garbage. April's entire YouTube history is just exposing X names. <laughs> love it. Love it. Oh, yours is the one I was telling her today. I'm like, this is how you get a YouTube video that pops, cry. Yeah. Oh my have tears. Oh, no, oh my the thumbnail be like love uh, it. Yeah, the you big nail. My my heartbreak. My truth, my <laughs> truth. Yes, my truth. It has to be called my truth, or and like, you're crying. Or like, I've clean. been hiding something. Yes, yes crying in your empty apartment. Yes, in your empty apartment. Oh my god, I coming love clean it. for you guys. Coming yes. clean, yes. coming yes. clean. The, the truth, yeah, the truth. We broke up. <laughs> the truth. I love that garbage oh my god. so much. And they're like seventeen. You're like, yeah, yeah what's yeah, going 100%. on? Yeah, yeah they're like, I know you guys thought we'd be together forever, but we broke up. Literally, seventeen years old. And you guys bought a mega mansion that you live in together. Like, so cool. So, oh, I love it. You I know, love it. In order to be able to digest some of the heavier I stuff, know. you do gotta spend your time doing this other shit. Exactly. Else it's too much. What do you guys? You do you guys it. like talk to other people? Like your friends? Do you guys have these like conversations about 
things that you're reading and stuff? Like how do you, so you're taking in the information critically and then do you like process it on your own or how do you guys process it? Well, we're di- we're like very different personality types, which I think yeah. makes the podcast work. Yeah. But so me, I'm like very much an internal processor. So I'll like mm. read something, think about it by myself for like a week and then I'll have something to say about yeah. it. Yeah. That's like the only way I can get stuff through. But yeah, it, it's nice to have people in my life who are like similarly mm. minded mm. so that I have a place to just kind of like... Yeah. Un- unpack all this stuff when mm. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I like to, I like need to process out loud. Mm. So usually I talk totally. to my friends about it. And my friends are either like, I'm probably more like wanting to process out loud than <laughs> most of them. It's like, I feel like a lot of extroverts attract like, all, all my good friends are introverts. And I'm all like, <laughs> you also want to go out tonight? Okay, we can stay in. It's whatever. But um, I also like my boyfriend and my sister are both like people who work in policy and are very plugged in. So mm. it honestly is often like, I'll be like, can you explain this thing to me? And they yeah. can like talk talk it through with me. Sometimes oh. I have to tell my boyfriend to stop talking about it because <laughs> he can like, he's so informed about like the whole history. He has a much wider context for everything. So sometimes when I get really freaked out by things, he's like, okay, well look at it in this way. And like, we can think about it through this way. And he thinks he, because he understands more and like in a deeper way, Mm. he's more able to pull back and feel less freaked out by things, if that makes sense. And so that's like very helpful for me as well, because sometimes I'll just read stuff and then I'll be like, this is terrible. Children are in cages in the water and we're (laughs) killing the, and then I just get like really Mm, (laughs) too worked up. It's like actually kids have been cages before. Yeah. It's so comforting. Yeah, literally you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it's important to have people to process it with. I feel I have a couple of friends who like have very conservative families and I'm very like grateful that my family, my close family is like Mm. not conservative because Mm. I think that would be very hard for my personality type. Personally, I just be in fights like constantly, you know? And Mm. so I feel very like lucky that like my mom and sister and dad are all like we're, you know, I'm more of a socialist than most of them, but like, um, that we're at least not fighting about having Fox News on or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? What about like, as your community has grown through the podcast, we recently spoke to our friend Alok, um, Bad Menon and he, I'm sure you know Alok. Yeah. He went to Stanford with me. We oh, like have a lot of mutual. Casual. <laughs> casual. We got mutual. That was incredible. Oh my so God. We were talking about, but we were talking about how within his own community, there are, you know, I think uh, folks, they, there's, they, them, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And how, how they have kind of discrimination within the community. Yeah. So some people don't see a look as, trans or uh, even a part of the community. So I'm just curious, like, has that happened as you've with the podcast and created your own community and like what the conversations have been like and the discussions around, you know, if, if women are feeling a certain size and like the levels of it, I Mm -hmm. guess I'm just curious, like what that is like. It's a very interesting question because yeah, that does come up a lot. Something we answered recently on the podcast was, 
we keep getting the question of who feels like they should identify as fat. Like who gets to call themselves mm. fat? Who gets to like subscribe to which group of fat? And then the conversation turns to, okay, if, if there's only this type of fat woman, which is like a smaller fat, like a size 12, and they get much more attention, like they get to be on the cover of a magazine or they get, you know, whatever, interviewed on TV. Brave. Like, or they, yeah, they get called brave or whatever. <laughs> like, does that detract the conversation and how does that like factor into everyone else's body? And yeah, it's definitely a complicated space to be in. I think what helps us is that we always make it clear that like we make the podcast from our perspectives and like we're experts on our own experience, but I don't feel like I'm a body positive expert and I don't feel like I could speak for like the entire community because there are people who feel like very differently than I feel about certain things. Um, So yeah, as far as the community aspect, I feel proud of the community that we've built and the different people who feel like they identify with us and are like Mm -hmm. excited to listen to every episode and feel like they like are heard and, and feel seen, but that's not everybody in the body positive community. Yeah, we're not and trying I think to be that's fine. in charge of anything. I, I don't want any like, more responsibilities. Thank you so you much. Know? I'm like somebody's like a commitment <laughs> foe. I'm like, I don't even want a boyfriend. I don't want, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want to be your, I don't want stands. I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want any of that. I just want to like make my show with my friend about what I'm thinking about. And like, that's it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And a lot of people appreciate that. And that's cool. And there's some people who don't relate to it and that's chill too. And you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's why we yeah. want like a million more kinds of representation for like that and body positive stuff because like we can't be everything to all people we can only be us and we can like this season for example we're doing a lot of like trying to showcase other people's experience but even still then it's like we're not going to be able to we can't cover everything Mm -hmm. we're just us we need way more people you know what I mean to like do their own thing and be like well this is my thing and this is my thing I think there's like always I think a lot of times intra-community discussion can be very good and it can help people like push themselves further or examine their own like interior health things that are maybe still kind of toxic or whatever. And sometimes it can just be like, you know what, we're getting too much in the weeds here. We need Mm. to just like try to get more voices so that you can feel represented for your thing too. Cause I can't be your thing for you. I can only be my thing for me and try to spotlight other people who are more marginalized than me. And that's all I can do. I'm still me, you know? Mm -hmm. So we do think about this a lot, but it is like, yeah, it, it has been interesting to see like how much people really, they'll write us and they'll be like, can you talk about this specific thing? I've never had anyone talk about stuff the way you do and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh-huh. wow, there are other fat podcasts and I wish there were more like, there wish there were TV shows from our point of view. I wish yeah. there were more like magazine comms. I wish there was like any websites that were more mainstream that mm-hmm. were like from, so people didn't feel like you have to be my everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be a lot of pressure or even like we did an episode recently about people who identify as non-binary and fat. Mm-hmm. And then we got a message that's like, okay, but can you do an episode about this specific like intersection that we don't experience at all? And I'm just like, well, no, because we don't like really experience it. We can interview people, but they also have to like be willing to be interviewed and listen yeah. to the show. You know yeah. what I mean? We mm-hmm. only have so many resources, but yeah, it just makes me like want to encourage other people to like make, make your podcast, like make your platform because it has to, I want like the market to be like saturated with yes. like bad yeah. podcasts with like your specific intersection because clearly people are ready for it and people mm. really like value the experience of being like this makes me feel seen I feel like understood by this and I want more people to have that but like yeah, yeah. We can't which is not to say like don't call us out for whatever no, there's plenty of stuff but like just to say that like we have to be we have to feel like we're either 
doing being good stewards of whoever we're representing or we're just telling our own experience. Like I'm not willing to be like, and here is this thing I'm not sure about that I don't know that I'm going to portray in a like respectful way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's got to be like, I got to do my stuff. But yeah, I just want to like, do make sure that when I'm representing experiences that aren't mine, I'm doing it in the best possible way, yeah. which is why we're like, yes, please more, more, more. We want more. Exactly. There's space for so many people. There's not a limited number, you know? And there's not just one community. Yeah. Like there's a community of people who listen to us and that might intersect with like a greater body positive community. But to be honest, we get emails all the time that are like, I never heard of this before your yeah. podcast. So like, no, they're not a part of like the body positive community because they didn't know it existed. Wow. And they heard the podcast and it got, and it was introduced to them. So yeah. I'm like, please do more. But I also, I understand that like that comes from a place of privilege because like to do our show and to do it in a way where we wanted it to sound really professional, like that took a lot of money and like a lot of resources mm-hmm. and a lot of time and like that you know not everyone can is like afforded the same privileges that we were able to make the show possible but i still think that people should make their podcasts like even if it sounds kind of weird for like a couple months Mm -hmm. i think it's worth it because people really appreciate it yeah yeah i think so too yeah we did it on a jank recorder yeah in the beginning yeah it's hard it's so hard it's really hard it's really complicated Yeah, it is really complicated. What button do you press? I still I mean, don't know. No idea. Yeah, same. So often. We've anxiety. lost two episodes oh. and we were so scarred by it. Oh, we've done. It hurts. I actually don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's so triggering. It's very <laughs> triggering. Every, it's horrible. Every week I have anxiety. I'm like, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah like yeah, this yeah. is it. You know? It's so, it's, I remember the first time we deleted an episode earlier that day we're at lunch and I was like, we've never deleted an episode. <laughs> And then two hours later, I tripped over a cord and deleted the episode. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> Shut up. We tried to, like, I plugged it into the huh? computer and Maria tried to, like, defrag something, so something. And it what was just frag like, I'm what, no is it? what is it? What is it? What is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's awful. But regardless of that, like, make your podcast. Yeah. We want yeah. Was it just you two, though? Yeah, there. Okay. Yeah. When we deleted it? Yeah. yeah. guest. Oh, no. It's just the most <gasps> devastating. Oh, That's awful. Did you re-record with them? Mm. I'm thinking of two. I'm thinking of uh, maybe one of them we re-recorded and the other one we didn't. Oh, wow. Or neither one. Dang. It's heartbreaking. And, what, oh, and then Allison. And the other oh, was another, yeah. Relationship one. Which one are you thinking of? Oh, I was thinking, yeah. No, all three. <laughs> yeah. Three. Wow. Cool. It hurts. Yeah. Who said that? Someone said something about that. They're like, oh, I lost the file. I'm like, yeah. You lose awful. the file. <laughs> of course, it's like an audio file. Black <laughs> hole. Um, what can our guests expect from you guys in 2019? Oh my goodness. Next wow. Year? I haven't thought about 2019. I didn't even realize Good that the you. year was almost over till I saw yeah. the date. I never know what day it is. It still snows. That's how <laughs> it's always like, it's going to be May. And she's like, yeah. it's July 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. Oh my God. I have no idea. I, have, I actually have no idea. Like, please don't. You're like, Tori's season. She's like, no, it's Christmas. <laughs> oh, God. I have no clue. So please um, answer this. Okay. Well, so our season. Seasons are we've we're in our third season, like I said. So far, seasons are like we have a fall mm. season and, and like a more spring season. So I think we're gonna plan out what'll happen in our spring season. We have really enjoyed this season doing more um, of other people's experiences. I'm also, really, I always love our like media crit episodes. Yeah, what was that yeah, noise? I don't know. Um, I, I love <laughs> just our, a little construction yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It mixes it up. Um, <laughs> So I love doing our media crit episodes um, and I love doing episodes where 
like our some of our most shared episodes are ones where we to say like the season we did at our thin friends, which was an episode for to tell thin people how to be better allies to their mm. fat friends and community. And then we did um, a while ago an episode called "Being the Fat Friend" that was also shared a lot. So it's like okay, people like episodes where we talk about the way it feels to be in this position and how yes. to relate to the people around you. And then people also like when we um, like tear stuff down and we're like, yeah. this book's bullshit because <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so all those things are going to be coming next year. We're just like hoping to build up more and more. We want to um, pay our in- next intern with money. That would be <laughs> great. Be great. Um, I also am really excited about the episodes that are specifically requested from our listeners. Yeah. Like that's been the cool thing as the show has grown as people will listen and understand us and understand the kind of thing we'd want to talk about. And they'd be like, okay, here's a detailed email of what you should cover point by point. We're like, cool. Thanks for making my outline for me. Yes. Yes. We're going to copy and paste <laughs> and they make the episode. The whole, yeah. It's very cool. So yeah, whatever people want that we also want to talk about. Cause there's some things we're like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. horrible. And there's some things that I'm really excited to sort of like critique and break down. So it'll be more of that. Mm. Awesome. We have fun over there at SAF. We do have so fun. fun. And we'll link it all in the show notes and we'll link the episode at our thin friends. And then um being the fat friend too and the notes too. And then we'll link your personal Instagrams and everything like that. Um well this has been a damn treat. Yeah, this has been awesome. (laughs) You guys are so cool and so woke and I love the branding and I love just like the way you guys approach everything. Your dynamic is great. And thank you. You know, the different types of episodes that you guys have are always fresh and interesting. So thanks for putting out great stuff. Thank you so much for having us. Oh yes, of course. You're welcome. All right guys, we love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Thanks, Sophie and April. You guys so are fun. the best. Um, okay, review of the week. Five stars. Never understood the obsession with podcasts until now. That's a good title. Um, I absolutely adore this podcast. Lindsay and Krista are hilarious. And you can tell that they really do care about their listeners and providing great information. There's so many different subject matters that are covered. I don't subscribe to them all, but that's what's great. It gives you the opportunity to learn without feeling pressured to fully commit. If you're into self-deprecating humor, broadening your horizons and having a girl's night without anyone stealing your snacks or drinking your wine, you must listen. The only Aww. The only negatives people she doesn't know we'd take her snacks. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only negatives people usually have is their sponsor plugs, but like have to make them a living, you know. And <laughs> and I've tried most of them, the sponsors, and they're fabulous. That's really sweet. That's uh, Chelsea. Oh, thanks, Chelsea. You're the best. Thank you so much. You guys can write a review on iTunes. Um, it really helps Lindsay and I out. So really appreciate when you guys do that. And then um, again, yourpodcastpro.com. Join our course launching in January. It's a six-week course. We will get you from idea to iTunes. And we will see you in Vancouver in two weeks. Cannot wait. We'll Cannot s- wait. See you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>